0: wade into wealth taking one of life's most intimidating topics money your financial well-being and providing simple easy to understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health this is wade into wealth brought to you by the wade group at brighton securities happy spring the clocks are ahead days getting longer the weather's warmer some days
1: no snow today we were supposed to have snow nothing Although the day's not done yet. No,
0: there's a there's a comment in there I'd make about meteorologists being wrong, but the reality is it's not an easy job. I, no. In my TV no. days, I lived with a meteorologist when I was in Virginia. It's an inexact science. They are doing their best. So
1: I was I was actually thrilled that uh, I was really hoping they would be wrong. I was happy to wake up and not yeah, see no, snow it was great. on the ground.
0: It was great. So uh, all good signs, especially here in Rochester, New York. We're hopefully putting another winter behind us. March is. In the books, that means the first quarter of 2021 is now in the past. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chuck Wade. Lucky to have my brother Ethan here, business partner, brother, as I'd said, uh, former <laughs> wrestling opponent in our parents' yeah. living room. That's right. Growing up in the thriving metropolis of Batavia, New
1: York. It's a great city. Our goal with this podcast is twofold. We use this as a method of communicating with our clients, many of whom we know listen. And we appreciate that, but also as a way to share knowledge, information, and perspective with anyone else who's interested in improving their own financial wellness. So, this week, the first quarter of 2021 is closed, it's wrapped up. We're going to recap the first part of this year, which we discuss in our quarterly newsletter, and we're going to talk about that in a little greater detail.
0: And that's something we've been sending out for a couple of years now to clients as a way of catching up on what's happened, um, both in the past quarter, also with updates that we feel are timely or things to be of note. We'll go through those towards the end. Uh, but let's start this very generic question. What happened in the first quarter of 2021? Well, there's been a rotation, um, and and you probably have noticed that if you, if you pay attention to the stock market on a somewhat regular basis, in that... In 2020, for a variety of reasons, mostly related to the pandemic, is that technology stocks really, really about five or six of them drove the market significantly higher. And when you look at the three indexes, you have the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is 30 companies, Yep. the S&P 500, which is the 500 largest publicly traded companies in the United States. And then you have the NASDAQ, which is made up primarily of technology companies, right? S&P 500 was up. 14.5%. 14.5%. NASDAQ was up 40%. Yep. Really drove uh,
1: That really drove
0: just about everything last year.
1: Yes, and those five or six companies, as you mentioned, the acronym of FanMag, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Amazon Netflix, Microsoft, Microsoft, Apple, and Google, although Google's name of their company in the stock world is Alphabet. So it should be FanMag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes, yes, perfect. That one's uh, free. Yeah, but this year... We've seen almost a complete reversal and the opposite of that. Uh, Last year, NASDAQ was the top performer by far. S&P 500 was uh, the middle performer and the Dow was was the the lowest of the three. This year, direct opposite. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has been the top performer so far in the first three months of 2021, up a little more than 7.5% followed by the S&P 500, up a little more than five and a half, rounding it out with the NASDAQ, that tech technology heavy index, which is up less than 3%. The energy sector, the worst in 2020, has been the best in 2021. And this is a, a prime example of why you want to have a diversified investment portfolio. You know, we say that the tree no tree grows to the sky there are always ups and downs and and transitions and it highlights the importance that just because something worked out last year doesn't mean that it has to continue this year and you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket
0: no and and it is quite different if you look historically through the course of time it is very different often what investments do well what sectors do well and so right now we've seen a real rotation one thing that is typically consistent quality wins absolutely and and so in this case consumer goods have done fairly well this year boring investments have held up very very well and by boring what we're referencing are not not investments that are going to return 30 or 40 percent in a year they're really things that you probably don't even think of
1: yeah, and oftentimes you won't hear about them on CNBC that much.
0: No, you don't. And that's the whole point of it. Yep. That's the whole point of it. So um, in, in when in doubt, own quality investments.
1: Don't own crap. And that's best proven over time because uh, last year was a really good example that those quality investments uh, didn't give you nearly as much performance as the high-flying technology companies did. But now we're into 2021. Things are a little different at least as they stand today.
0: Yeah, and with a $1.9 trillion stimulus package that was recently passed now that we are into 2021, that was something that, you know, it was it had been discussed, the parties in Congress uh, were going back and forth on it, but it's here, it is a massive stimulus package, and that's also something that when you look at stock market performance, that has been a driver, especially on the positive side of the markets doing well. Well, in the first quarter.
1: And it comes back to clarity. Coming into the beginning of the year, we didn't know what the Senate was going to look like, who was going to retain control of that. The Georgia runoffs were won by the Democratic senators, which gave the Democrats marginal control in both chambers of the House, uh, which also led to the passing of President Biden's relief package without any Republican support. Sending more funds to people through uh, economic impact payments, uh, providing more money for vaccine distributions to keep getting the shots in more people's arms, and many other areas, uh, as well as aid to business owners and, and individuals. Uh, a lot of Americans started receiving direct payments past couple months. $1,400 to each individual. These began getting phased out. Uh, for those making or earning more than $75,000 per year, and that was capped at 80000 which was a, a l- lesser amount than previous uh, thresholds for these income right. payments were, were at. If you're married, those levels doubled. 150000 for the phase-out, capped at $160,000 uh, for the jobless, $300 per week. And aid has been extended into September. I believe it's September 6th, but don't quote me on that as it, as yeah. it stands today. I think you're uh, correct. And then the child tax credits for kids uh, under 17 uh, has been increased $600 uh, per child as well for this year.
0: Yeah, and with the stimulus check, we spent a whole episode on this. So ep- that's episode 13. You can go back a couple episodes. Uh, some things to consider when spending your stimulus check we say check most people don't receive a check anymore that came for many in the form of a direct deposit um, for others in the form of an economic impact card a debit card that was received in the mail some people did get a check and I've had this come up I've heard you know had this come up in discussions with clients where for one thing or another their stimulus payment has not been made to them you can also handle that through the filing of your tax return Mm mm-hmm in that if you haven't received it or there's an old address that the IRS has on file for you, something that has prevented you from receiving these funds, you can handle it through your tax return, which at this point is probably a lot easier than trying to get a hold of someone at the IRS. Yeah. I mean, we joke about the DMV. Yeah. The the IRS is probably, is is exponentially more difficult to get someone on the phone that can can help you. So um, now moving to a different, topic off my soapbox.
1: Um, you know, Before we, we continue with that, one quick note is that if you were eligible for that economic impact payment and you didn't receive it, it's an important note to make on your tax return because an economic impact payment, a stimulus payment, is simply an advance payment of a tax credit that you receive. So if you did not receive it, Note, uh, make sure you tell your tax preparer, you'd get that if assuming you were eligible, that would come back to you in your tax return, the filing of your tax return.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, talk about one other driver or or result of the stimulus package. And this is something that if you, well, if you've been, if you've bought a home recently, or if you have money at the bank that is in a savings account, you're somewhat familiar with this. That's interest rates. As a direct result of the stimulus package, we did see a rise in interest rates. Now, next week, we're going to dedicate a whole episode to interest rates, how they work, how you're impacted by them. So we'll get to that. But that was something that also, again, all of these little pieces of the puzzle have an impact on how the markets do in reaction to something like the largest stimulus package in the history of our
1: existence. Right. And we mentioned that interest rates rose and they rose actually rose fairly significantly. So uh, in the investment world one thing that is often noted is the 10-year treasury yield. Yep. And that's jargon. What that means is if you lend money to the United States government for a time period of 10 years, they will pay you that stated rate of interest, and that tends to be a measure of most of or all other interest rates in the the investment world. Think
0: of it like this: when someone says interest rates, that is general generally what is being referred to. Correct it's the ten year Treasury bill. Everything else takes its cue. Yep,
1: from that. Yeah, and it started or finished twenty twenty at zero point nine percent.
0: So you, you. Go take a loan. You you essentially lend money to the federal government, yep. which is the gold standard for yep. places to lend money to. Yep.
1: 10 years. For 10 years. Guaranteed. 0.9%. Less than 1%. <laughs> that is rough.
0: When you factor in inflation, yeah, you're, you're, that's a losing proposition. You actually are losing money in that case. Yeah. Because of the, the erosion of purchasing power over Correct. that period of time.
1: And today, while it has risen, uh, the ten-year Treasury yield is now one point seven five percent. Yeah, which we look at, think still not very high. No, it's not. But it, that is almost a one hundred percent increase in three months.
0: And with anything, thinking in terms of percentages, yes, gives you a much better actual result. Or right. way to way to evaluate something, then saying, well, it went up. Now it's only 1.7. It was, you know, that's not that high. That's doubled. Yeah. Think of that in percentage terms. If you had an investment that doubled, you'd notice it. Yeah. If your savings or checking account doubled, you notice it.
1: Yeah. And the fixed income investments, they noticed it.
0: If you were going to buy a house and had been pre-approved and then went to go lock in a mortgage rate, you noticed it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're not likely happy about it.
1: Unlikely to be.
0: Although, yes. in context, if you look back through the course of history, interest rates still
1: pretty darn low. Yeah, I mean, if you were buying a house in the early 80s, you were paying in interest rates in the teens. Right. Now, people are getting long-term 30-year interest rates in the 3%, between 3 to 4%. Yeah. Much better than paying 16%, 17 18% on your mortgage. A little easier to handle. Yeah. Uh, but this also... Uh, Interest rates rose with the idea of the U.S. economy reopening and getting back to some semblance of normalcy, which we have not seen for more than a year now. And that also translated into companies and investments that perhaps were laggards last year and this year have been some of the the best performers. So the first one on that list, you think of ExxonMobil. Mm-hmm. Just the oil. We mentioned that oil was the best performing sector yeah. in, struggled uh, in the for stock a while. market. Yeah, and, and this year, year to date, first three months, ExxonMobil's stock is up 35%. Another one is Boeing. Now, Boeing has their fair share of issues. But based on the idea of people traveling more, airlines coming out of this okay, buying more planes, Boeing's up almost 20% yep. in the first three months. Southwest Airlines up a little more than 30% the first three months of the year. Carnival Cruise, I remember cruise ships being stuck out at sea because they weren't allowed to come back in for a period of time last year. Uh, Carnival Cruise stock is up a little more than 20% so far this year as well.
0: So that's where there's been a rotation, and that that happens, and it will continue to happen. Something else that was a big point of interest over the last several months would be, GameStop. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. Their shares went up. This is late January. Uh, More than 2,400%. They rose to nearly $500 a share in January. They subsequently fell uh, nearly 75%. So a substantial drop. That was something that was really a topic of, of interest. And GameStop wasn't the only company that due to short selling by hedge funds and the subsequent buying by people using apps like Robinhood, and on internet message boards, um, kicked off.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't just GameStop. We also saw it in companies, AMC Entertainment, BlackBerry. I haven't seen the functioning BlackBerry in a very. I have. Very we long have about four
0: at our house that are in the in the junk drawer that the
1: kids play with. Probably right where they belong. Yep. <laughs> AMC yep. stock was at one point uh, when it hit its high was up more than eight hundred percent. So far since the beginning of 2021 uh, since then it has fallen more than 50 percent blackberry was up more than 350 percent in that time since then it is down 70 percent off of uh, off of that high uh, in particular for gamestop we spent two podcast episodes uh, we would encourage if you're interested in learning more about what happened uh, and why it happened check out episode 5 and then a follow-up uh, episode a couple weeks after that episode eight looking at where things stood at uh, at that point in time. Again, if you're interested in that, we'd encourage you to go back, listen to those. Uh, we think we can explain it in a way that, that you might be able to understand a little bit more than news media outlets did.
0: Yep. All right, points of interest. These are some things we put these at the end of the newsletter to yep. be aware of if there is a change in something that we want folks to be aware of. First one off the top of the bat, this does impact a lot of people. Required minimum distributions are back. What does that mean?
1: So required minimum distributions, it used to be once you hit in the year in which you turned 70 and a half, uh, a year or so ago, might have been the beginning of last year, uh, was pushed it was back the to end of 20, 2019. 19. Yeah, it was yeah. pushed back to in the year in which you turned 72. Uh, so any old 401ks or traditional IRAs, when you turn 72, the IRS makes you begin taking distributions from that account. Because they want you to spend more money? Not really. Simply because they want you to pay tax on that money. Uh, In the CARES Act that was passed about a year ago, when when the pandemic really started to to take a strong hold, uh, the IRS waived required minimum distributions for 2020, which, for folks who didn't need it, was a good tax savings for them. The idea behind waiving it was they did not want uh, investors to have to sell their investments at valuations that they otherwise would not want to uh, did that as a means to help keep uh, keep investment in the market and and not further or, or no further selling if unless it was absolutely necessary. Yep. Those are back.
0: Yep, and so that also applies if you inherited an IRA if you inherited an IRA Correct. from yep. someone. So if it is a if you inherited an IRA from someone who has passed, um, you that requirement is back as. Well, also worth noting, an extension of the tax filing yep. deadline. So it was April 15th, the traditional day. That has been pushed back to May 17th. Now, obviously, the IRS is quite busy at this time <laughs> with the yes. filing of tax returns and the processing of returns and refunds, etc. But the IRS is also the agency that has been tasked with the distribution of stimulus funds to Americans. So. Right. They push the deadline back. Makes total sense.
1: That extension also applies to New York State's New York State residents as well for their New York State income tax return. Uh, thankfully, so you don't have to do the New York State return before the before the federal return. One thing to keep in mind: we talked a number about a number of times about performance figures yep. throughout this. This podcast and just as it applies, we always want to state that past performance is no indicator of future returns or future gains or losses.
0: And we spent time, as we do in these newsletters, where have we been? It is important to also ask the question, well, where are we going from here? One thing we are not, we are not market predictors. We're not interested in trying to predict what is going to happen over the next quarter, the next six months, next 12 months. Much more comfortable being an observer of history and behaviors than trying to predict what is coming in the future.
1: Correct. And you receive a statement every month that shows a value. It's the value of a date already in the past. We're not saying that 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 isn't important. It is. But a snapshot of where things stood as one date in time is no different than if your statement came on the 8th of the month or the 23rd. It's important to know that it's simply just a snapshot at one date at some point throughout the month, usually the end of the month, Uh, to show where markets stood. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where they stand today.
0: And in all reality, by the time you've gotten your statement, it's already changed.
1: Yes, unless you get it delivered uh, electronically and you don't have to wait for the mail. With that said, we're moving onward as well. Next week, interest rates. One of those terms that's often used, but with many different meanings. Whether you're a borrower or investor, it can mean totally different things or the same.
0: If you like this podcast, if you find value in spending this time with us, we ask that you leave a review or share with someone else that you think would find value in it. Adventures are best when shared with someone else, and the journey to financial wellness is no different. Thanks for being with us. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Onward. Contact the Wade Group at Wade Group at BrightonSecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade into Wealth, brought to you by The Wade Group at Brighton Securities.